0: All right, let's get into this. Because you know, so this is this is fascinating to me because you inherited quite a collection of of stuff um including uh you know, including well you didn't inherit this. You actually went out and purchased Um, your, your haunted doll, which we're going to, we're going to, we're going to finish with that great story. That's a Waldo. You found Waldo. Where's Waldo? It's in Scott McClellan's uh, closet. You don't Uh, want to know where Waldo is. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But you had some, you know, I was going through some of the, you know, the, the tons of stuff that that's online about you all, all the great reviews and, and interviews. And I tried to compile a list of some of my favorite stuff that you have. So I'm going to. You can confirm or deny whether you have these things, but they're pretty incredible. But the first thing um, is you you have an actual hand of glory, which some people may not know what that is. But this is pretty incredible um, and pretty rare, from my understanding.
1: There are only two in the world. There's one uh, in two in the world. Yeah, like there's one in Whitby, uh, in England, and uh, which is very near uh, Whitby Abbey, and uh, it's it's on show in this wonderful museum, uh, and it I've, I like the one I have is gorgeous. They they've got one the hand is splayed out, so it's kind of like um, saying hello. Uh, my hand is kind of curled in. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's not making a fist, but it's uh, because I, just the way uh, your muscles go as, as they dry up, the hand is a little more uh, curled in. But it's, uh, these are really fascinating things. To create a hand of glory, you must sever the hand of a criminal that's been hung on the court. And then you imbue it with a certain power so that when it is pointed at a locked door, it unlocks it and places everybody beyond the door under a deep trance so the place may be robbed.
0: Wow. Wow valuable <laughs> object to certain individuals.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well and it's it, it kinda comes from this belief that um criminals had a high amount of of energy in their blood. And so some of their blood was used to heal. Some hand of glories were used to to heal their belief that their, their blood was somehow special. And that it's that belief that sympathetic magic, sympathetic magic, I believe uh, in a way that that, that's kind of how the, you know, the hand of glory came to be. Um, But it is amazing that there's only two. um, I mean, they're pretty gruesome to think about It's a real human hand. That's right.
1: And and a a mummified human hand. Now now there, there used to be more, but uh, there have only been found two. And, uh, the one that I have is immaculate. It's like, uh, the nails are in perfect condition. It's, it's really cr- kind of creepy. And also, um, I've lifted up the hand to show it to the public every time they come uh, for the evening and the weight of a hand <laughs> just by itself. Yeah. is kind of weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I imagine you don't let a lot of people touch it. I imagine it's, it's uh. No, I don't let anybody touch
1: it. Like right. I, I white glove it whenever I show it. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah. White glove it. <laughs> um, the other thing that you have, you, you, I think you showed this on the Paranormal Show, is you have um, an Edison spiritual box uh, yeah. with schematics. A lot of people don't know that Edison was really into spiritualism and created uh, some inventions to, to speak with the other side. How did you get this and in, in, how does it work?
1: Well, uh, Einstein stated that energy cannot be created nor can it be destroyed and uh edison took this to heart and uh he felt that through his knowledge of electricity he could create a machine that could help the dead communicate with the living and so he created edison's machine to talk to the dead and um there are patents and everything that he had he had made and there are um drawings that are kind of weird because uh there is no uh there is no box that went out in the market so there was only a prototype. And the prototype was created by um a uh a gentleman that worked for him. And uh sadly when uh Edison passed away, uh the prototype hadn't been uh tested. And so uh the uh the scientist actually shelved it and it never got tested. And that's why I own it, because uh it basically uh so you have the, the, the prototype? I have the prototype. Yeah,
0: wow, that thing's priceless.
1: It is, and I've got all the paperwork with
0: Edison's uh, schematics and all of his writing and everything. Unbelievable. Like, it's Yeah. Wait, how is the Smithsonian not, like, knocking on your door, like, eminent domain or something like that? <laughs> well, well, I guess I, the, the, they're, in, they're in the United States. I'm used to the United States breaking down doors. They Canada, can't, can't tell Canada. me that. Canada can't I, come.
1: It's mine. <laughs> not yours.
0: I don't know how that works. I mean, that's, like, a big piece of history. That's amazing. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's a big piece of history, but it's a,
1: a, a piece of, like, you know— uh, fantasy history because yeah, when you yeah. think about it, it's like you know it's not like a really important invention like I have the first light bulb right,
0: it's right like, yeah. no I've got I've got Edison's machine to talk to the dead but most people know? I don't think even know that that exists I mean I would I would tell some people they've about made a this. couple movies on it too you know have they yeah you can you, you can find
1: them on uh on, well not on Netflix but you can find them uh, <laughs> if you look for around, them around
0: around yeah so you have the schematics have you tried to build one from scratch
1: no I, I I actually use the uh, the prototype in, you in the Use the
0: prototype? Yeah, <laughs> when I do seances sometimes. Yeah, I, it mean, I guess please, it's meant to be used, but why not? You know, I'm such a, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm just a true collector. Like I would never want to actually use the thing. You, know? you never I'm, take anything out of the box, do you? It stays the plastic. I don't know, but I, oh. I want it to be, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm one of those guys. I'll admit it. That's fine. Um, so you have, <laughs> you also have a, a, moving right along. Well, you also have a move, a, a, a real guillotine, right? No, you don't. I that's, don't. That's fake. No. That's 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 falsified it, it, information.
1: It, it, it's it's a circus sideshow guillotine, oh. much like Alice Cooper used in his show. Oh, I got it. Okay. The, the head comes off that's when the blade comes down. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty damn cool. Okay, but it's not. It doesn't actually.
0: Do no, that
1: it's 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 not a real guillotine. No, I, I'm not going to lie about what I have. Okay. And that's, no, that's that's fair. something I don't have. Yeah. No, that's
0: fair. Um, what does the term uh, "wunderkammer"? What is that? Uh, oh, wunderkammer! Thank you for asking. Oh, wow. uh, a
1: wunderkammer is a uh, basically a cabinet of curiosities. It's it's a German term, and uh, back in the uh, 16th through the 18th century, it was very popular. But this is before museums, where rich people would take and uh, put together these little cabinets as entertainment for their uh, dinner parties and the cabinet they would have things like a shrunken head and maybe uh you know um some some weird goo-gaw from like you know some other part of the world that nobody had seen in their area or region and they would tell stories about it and this became kind of like hey it's like my tv set i'm opening it up and here's my story and uh, and that's simplifying it but uh you know a cabinet of curiosities, a wondercomer would have you know between 15 and 35 artifacts within it and um uh, this was the precursor to what a real museum is uh, because people weren't really that interested in museums back in the 14th and 15th century because it was the fucking 14th and 15th century. It was the plague and like persecuting witches and things like that. They didn't need museums. But then, you know, as, as, as we started to become a little more learned and, uh, you know, science and religion began to clash, uh, then in the uh, 17th and late 18th century, those became popular. Wow. Yeah,
0: uh, they're a great idea. I, I mean, because you so this is kind of like what uh, the world of wonders that you do. Right. Is that uh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so what, what else do you have a real shrunken head? Um, I've, got, I've got three, three shrunken heads. Oh, yeah. wow.
1: Um, and and I have, even again, I when you when you come to the Diablo Manor, I, uh, I explain exactly how they shrunk a, a human head and I, I not only do i own 3 one of them that i own was part of a triptych a triptych is is three things and what it was was when i got it i got the headdress of the actual uh, chief of the tribe the machete he used to take the head of a warrior and a shrunken head taken from that machete wow all as one unit yeah you have this Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's on the show. It's amazing.
0: That is great. Now do you do you chop off one of the people's heads and create a shrunken head right in front of the audience at Cafe and Yes, Gabby I asked people to bring their kids. Right. You know?
1: <laughs> well, you know, we've got to kind of bring down the world population and all. So hey,
0: it's like, you know, if you've got a large family, bring all your kids and I'll make shrunken heads out of dude, them. Dude, you're speaking my language, man. There's nothing I don't I don't like kids and we're overpopulated. I think this is a perfect <laughs> example. Um, I think this is this is where Canada and the United States can really find common ground. I know. Um I'm feeling I, it too. You have a real mummy too, right? A mummy head. Yes. Am I right? Okay. Well, I I've, I've got I've got a mummy
1: head and I've got a full bodied mummy which is uh. the mummified prospector Clement Tiberius Sloan.
0: Who's who's that? I love that. Okay,
1: yeah. Well, Clement. um, Okay, th- this was around 1925. My grandfather was traveling with the show. Something, something uh, from the Goonies, man. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. And uh, th- this uh, th- this guy came to my grandfather's carnival and said, uh, "You got to come to our place and take our uncle from us because we don't want him at the house anymore." And my grandfather's like, "You guys have family problems. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just a showman, you know." No, no, no. You got to come to the house to see what I'm talking about. Yeah. So my grandfather goes over to their place and. There is in their living room an upright coffin with a window in it. And basically, yeah, and basically what it was was Clement Tiberius Sloan was a prospector from the 18th century who hit the mother load up in the Yukon made so much money and this is the same time they had found uh, the uh, Tutankhamun tombs so it was like a rage everybody was talking about it in the papers and all and he he said in his will I want to be interred like the pharaohs of Egypt and be seen for an eternity in a glass-fronted coffin by my family so basically in his will he was <laughs> he was mummified, put in his Sunday's best, and put in a glass-fronted coffin, which was staying in the Sloane family up until 1925 when my grandfather came across it. <laughs> and they said, "Look, we're tired of looking at our uncle, uh, who's like all shriveled up and decayed inside of our house. Right. So if you don't mind taking him off our hands, the only <laughs> thing we ask is that you spell his name right."
0: Yeah, that's easy so, enough.
1: Yeah, he didn't ground... have to
0: pay for this at all. He just they yeah. just said, "Get it out they of here just to him,"
1: but. Clement Tiberius Sloan was the name of the gentleman, and so now he's in my hallway right now as I speak. Uh, Clement is actually in the house. Clement's in the house. Oh wow! And, uh, he's and here. He, uh, yeah, and you know what? His coffin's being fixed right now, so Clement's standing in my hallway. No, come on,
0: come on. Yeah. How do you? How do you? How do you sleep? How do you? Are um, you kidding? Me? <laughs> i I couldn't I mean it's three feet above my covers, like anybody
1: else <laughs> uh
0: that's <laughs> I got that reference, love ghostbusters Thanks. um that that's really creepy man, like that's unsettling, I don't know if I can I gotta get back on track here, I couldn't imagine <laughs> like. He's just like, yeah, his coffin's being fixed. So he, I mean, it's like. Um, I wish I could carry my computer. You know what? If I was on my iPad right now, I'd yeah. walk over on Skype oh. and show you this thing. It's, well, it's, uh, you got to send my me pictures. Home. I'm, I'm going to put up pictures. I'm going to, right after this, if you send them to me immediately, I'll Instagram immediately, but definitely put them up on the website. Picture of the glory hand, picture of Clement Tiberius Sloan, picture of Waldo. Oh yes, um, well before we before we get into Waldo, I do want to say that there was this movie I loved. It's called "Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things," and um, it was an old horror movie. And I remember they pulled this guy out named Orville, and you know the whole part was about resurrecting him. And so they had this dead body like on a bed the entire movie, and that's like what that reminds me of. It's that was a movie that really affected me as a child. Um, all right, so so speaking of dead people, things that could kill you is a perfect segue. Let's talk about Waldo, man. This is. This whole story is amazing. I'm going to butcher it if I even take any steps in here. But let's go from you, the beginning of your involvement, meaning how did you hear about this doll and how did you acquire this thing?
1: All right. Here we go. Uh, in 1923, Harry Tomany, who was a uh, ventriloquist, uh, was trying to get onto to the big circuit for vaudeville. And the big circuit was called the Lyceum circuit. And uh, he got his big break. And he decided to actually have a new dummy made for his vent act. And uh, he approached, this guy was American, he approached um, the same gentleman that had carved Charlie McCarthy for Edgar Bergen. That's Theodore Mack from Chicago, where I'm from. That is correct, sir. Now, in light of that, um, we know for a fact, before the story goes any further, that the carver definitely was not an evil person. So let's take that out of the equation right now before the story goes any further. So, um, basically Tomaini had this, uh, th- this gentleman carve him this figure, which he called Waldo. And, um, he got his first big night on the, uh, on the Lyceum circuit. And, uh, he's backstage in the dressing room. And, uh, there's a thing called the call in, uh, in, in, theater. And that's basically where they go 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And you're on. And, uh, in vaudeville, the acts were back to back. So when they say you're on, like when you're actually on, you have to be on that stage because they don't want any silence between acts. So here they are. It's like 10 minutes, Mr. Tomeni, 10 minutes and you're on. So, you know, he's not answering. That's fine. He's probably putting on his makeup and getting his costume ready. Mr. Tomeni, it's now five minutes, five minutes before you go on. Mr. Tomeni, you're on. It's showtime. Mr. Tomedi Mr. Tomedi you're on He didn't answer. They broke down the door and they found him on the floor. The only thing in the room there was no windows. The only thing in the room was his makeup kit and the dummy. He was dead. The coroner's report stated that he was beaten to death and the fist marks on his body were the size of a five-year-old
0: child's fist. Now, have you seen this coroner report? I don't want to poke holes I, in this beautiful, beautifully told yeah, story right now, but I want to yeah, yeah.
1: No, 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 no. I, 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 I have. And the thing is, he had left in his will, not knowing, not knowing, the ventriloquist dummy to his daughter, who was to be married the next year. Her husband and her Died in a house fire, and one of the only things taken from the fire intact was the dummy. Now, the dummy was sent, this is now in the mid 20s, to basically an old vaudeville museum, which at the time was a new vaudeville museum. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) In in, uh, again, Peoria, Illinois. And sadly, in 1957, this museum blew up in a gas fire, killing seven people. One of the, the artifacts taken from the museum intact was the dummy. Now, let's move forward to 1984. It's now been put in uh, not government protection, but remember at the end of the uh, the movie uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when they have <laughs> the uh, the great big uh, the ark and they're pushing it in a crate into yeah. a. Great big warehouse filled with other crates that look exactly like it.
0: See, that's exactly what I imagine it looks like at, at Manor Diablo.
1: Well, you know, no, it doesn't. It's actually quite frightening. But the thing is, it's like ultimately, picture the government actually having a place like that for uh, just things that they've acquired. Uh, and so Waldo is basically placed in there. From, you know, 1957 to 84. But every once in a while, they would have white elephant sales to get rid of things that were just taking up space. Nobody really needed a ventriloquist dummy in, in the government, uh, you know, archives. So it's like they uh, decided to sell it. And um, I heard about this. This was my first acquisition. In 1984, I heard about this, and it was like I was 20 years old. I, I was like, I want this. I had read up on the uh, stuff. Now, there was no internet. This is 1984. So the, everything was done through a correspondence in the mail. So I read up on this through the mail. Wow.
0: And how did you they'd hear about it? Stuff. But I mean, how, how does something like that, you can't subscribe well, to a web list. You-
1: no, you can't. Uh, th- that's the thing. Uh, luckily because my grandfather, uh, he was still alive. Uh, his, his, uh, need for acquisitions mm-hmm. of the strange bazaar, uh, he had people, <laughs> he Networked. knew
0: people right, yeah. that
1: worked for him. And ultimately that worked to my advantage because, uh, he, uh, he told me about this white elephant sale and I, uh, I did my research and I learned about what Waldo was and, um, I, I went and I bid highest. Now, when I got Waldo, um, I kept him with me. Uh, everybody that has owned it has died. I kept him with me up until 1992.
0: Well, Now, now when you say died, I'm uh, sorry to interrupt, but when you say died, you mean murdered or because everyone dies?
1: Yeah, murdered.
0: Uh,
1: Although I'm not dying. Got news for you, Daniel.
0: I was going to say, I'm sure you've made a deal. (laughs) Anyone's got the connection that you do. (laughs) Um, But ultimately, uh, in
1: 1992, I ended up uh, putting him on show as one of the big exhibits at Carnival Diablo. And what I did is I chained him to a trunk filled with 400 pounds of lead shot. And uh, about four months into having it on show, uh, there was a sonic boom in the building. The whole building just went. <laughs> and these two guys came running from the back of the building. They're like, is that supposed to happen? Is that supposed to happen? And I said, what happened? Like, did something get broken? I uh, like I heard the boom and they go, well, you got to see this. So I follow them to the back of the building where the Waldo exhibit is. And there's around 60 people standing around this exhibit like slack And I'm like, what's going on here? And they said, basically, we were all watching this happen. Um, this trunk that's filled with 400 pounds of lead shot, lead shot is like ball bearings, basically, steel ball bearings. So it's, they said this trunk had levitated around four feet off the ground and then came down full force, jarring everything in the vicinity around it off its tables. And yet Waldo was still sitting there. He was trying to get out. So I turned around and I said, fuck, this is crazy. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get in touch with a psychic and I'm going to bring a psychic to my museum, but I'm not going to tell the psychic what my problem is. So I bring the psychic down and he walks straight to the back of the building where the Waldo exhibit is. And he goes, this is your problem, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah. But what's going on? Like, I don't get it. Uh, He says, well. And he does this thing where he's kind of like not touching but kind of touching around the the uh, the dummy, like just kind of like a reeky thing, moving his hands around. And uh, he goes, "I think this is made of bad wood." And I said, "Well, what the fuck is bad wood?" He, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and 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 he says, "I believe this was actually carved from a hangman's tree." And I was like, "Holy fuck." so um, the souls of all these people that were hung at the tree have now kind of embodied, energy-wise, the wood. And that is why it is doing what it can do.
0: I would be remiss if I didn't mention what is probably, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Scott, but what might be the creepiest part of Waldo is if what you've said already isn't enough i know so so tell me about this this little guy this bugger's teeth
1: well uh the fascinating thing about uh this ventriloquist dummy is the uh the hair comes off so you can actually take and access the back of his head there's a little tiny panel to open up (laughs) and uh the inside of us it's like a swiss clock it's like got 200 working parts and it's pretty weird but uh when i was when i was taking a good look at it when i first got him. Uh. um I looked at everything and I opened up his mouth and to my absolute horror and elation, I discovered <laughs> that somebody had implanted children's teeth in the lower set of his jaw where the normal little panel of wood would have been for, uh, for pretend teeth.
0: Wow. So it's
1: like, this is really weird. And uh, kind of disconcerting, <laughs> to
0: yeah. To say to the, the least. least. Yeah. Well, and horror and elation are kind of two two things that go hand in hand with everything that you do. So it wasn't an, all too foreign, right? Yeah. So that uh,
1: I have no idea what the hell, but it's 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 a part of his head now, and uh, somebody had taken wood glue and glued children's teeth into the frigging head. So it's like it's really weird. Of course, bizarre. you don't notice it from stage, but like you know, uh, the
0: fact that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, now who – let me – let's play a little armchair detective here for a second. Who would have put these in? Because you kind of know the chain of custody of this thing almost from the beginning, right? Like who would have done this?
1: Well, it certainly wouldn't have been the uh, first person, Mr. Tomeni, because uh, he uh, he definitely was just a ventriloquist, you know. And uh, he only had him for like one show and was dead. So, so
0: and and you're sure um, that this wasn't made. This wasn't like an original design. This was definitely after it was given to Tomani.
1: Well, it was it, it was created for Tomani by the guy that had actually done the uh, uh, same ventriloquist dummy uh, for Edgar Bergen of Charlie McCarthy. So it's not like this was a duplicate of Charlie McCarthy. This was just carved uh, out of wood. But he by, wouldn't have
0: put the teeth in.
1: Oh God, no, no. Okay. Because why would why would a ventriloquist maker put people's teeth into a dummy
0: like why that's would just, anyone do it <laughs> that's just fucking creepy man yeah i have no idea so it wasn't him wasn't Tomani, but it wasn't the daughters i mean what is the government had it after that i mean no there
1: there was the vaudeville museum
0: that oh blew right up. right 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 yeah
1: okay. and they had it for seven years so i don't know That is like rude. that that could be strangely enough that could be something that maybe one of their uh people there had uh, done as some kind of weird lark I don't know I, I it really is like it makes no sense
0: it doesn't make any sense now let, let me uh, let me float another option out here cuz I've given this a lot of thought can I float another one out there please what if your alter ego Nikolai Diablo in the middle of the night went in there and performed some sort of ritual and brought this thing. Uh, maybe he's involved. Is that possible? So you're you're trying to say that <laughs> I was sleepwalking
1: as Nicolai Diablo, and I'm just somehow, wondering. I'm just curious.
0: This is I uh... had a
1: psychotic episode <laughs> decided to extract children's teeth on my block. Not you, and... not you.
0: Under the influence of Nicolai Diablo, you wouldn't you wouldn't be held accountable in the court of law either here or in Canada. Well, isn't that nice? I'll, I'll have to remember
1: that in the future if I ever do have to do something terrible. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: that's the well, Jen, Yeah.
1: No, I don't think that that's uh, the case. And no, you're not going to pin that one on me. I'm sorry. All
0: right, fair enough. Well, that is that is really that is probably the strangest part of the story. Um, besides the fact that he had 200 working parts in the back of his head, I mean, it, this it's like
1: a Swiss clock. Like it actually, like there's little gears that are like, I, you can't see my, my hands. I'm actually making movements with my hands right now. It's it's... pretty fucking weird. That's what it is. Wow, wow, Wow. It's something. And this inspired the movie magic with Anthony Hopkins. It inspired the idea of Chucky. It inspired Slappy the dummy and Goosebumps books. It's like, this has been the inspiration. For so many things based around dummies that are, you know, basically uh, uh, possessed, and uh, I proudly own it. And right now, he is chained in the Diablo Manor
0: downstairs, <laughs> ready to be seen in under four hours. Well, there, there's one. So, like, there's only two haunted dolls that I think have any notoriety: Robert in Robert the Doll in uh, Florida, that's right, and that's uh, right. and Waldo <laughs> in Canada. Um, now I, I, so I'm not, I don't know whether these stories happen or not I'm going to take your word for it, so let's go down the road that like that that what you're saying is true, okay Why on God's green earth would you want to possess a doll that has such a frightening history, and what precautions the fact that you have the doll in your house, one of two things is true either the stories you're telling me are not true and you're not scared of the doll, or you are terrified of the doll, but have taken extraordinary precautions, um, which is it.
1: I'm scared, and the thing is, is I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I've done as a precaution. Um, at the same year that I got Waldo One Eighty Four, I purchased mm-hmm. one more acquisition. It was my second second big purchase. It cost me eighteen hundred dollars at the time of purchase in eighty four, which is around six or seven thousand dollars
0: today, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, And it was basically what they call a belly demon. It was five feet tall, hand-carved. It's 300 years old. And what it was was it's a demon that was placed in the front of the hut of a chief of the belly tribe. And it works much like a gargoyle on the church. It's a sentinel. It watches out for bad things to keep them at bay. And in the foot of the statue is a drawer. And what they would do is they would place the hair and nail clippings of the chief of the tribe uh, inside the drawer so that it would empower the belly demon with the knowledge of who it was supposed to keep care of. Well, I've actually placed my hair and nail clippings inside the base of that fucking thing, and it is keeping Waldo at bay for me. So it has, since 1984, been keeping me safe.
0: Wow. Well I will tell you that it is by definition specious reasoning. But I will say that um, um I mean like if you you know, they did have this funny thing in The Simpsons where um Lisa says, Hey, this rock keeps away tigers and Homer says, How do you know? And he says, Well, you don't see any tigers around, do you? And then Homer says, I'll buy your rock <laughs> <laughs> And so don't uh, make fun of me, Daniel. Yeah, it's kinda of the same thing. I'm not saying it's not true, I'm just saying it's the same reasoning that Lisa gave to Homer so all <laughs> that I'm <not> saying. <laughs> Um, So, I mean, that... But you still have it tied up, I imagine. Oh, tied up. Chained? Chained. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I I mean, look, if this was a movie, if I'm writing this movie, at some point, what happens is the doll tricks someone else to take your hair hair clippings and nails out of the Sentinel's foot... (laughs) and then <laughs> <can> hear you <laughs> shut up oh my god that that's the I... biggest
1: thing you have ever oh, no i'm
0: just no. saying if, if i'm writing the movie Shh. if i'm writing the movie he's downstairs that's i mean <laughs> if th- that's that's how i'd write it um you get out though you get out safely in the movie or you die oh, in the but... first five minutes one of the two things damn happens. it um, well, I mean, this is, this is. I mean, it makes me want to come check this place out. Uh, I, I love what you're doing. Um, you've got an incredible assortment of artifacts, which are my personal favorite. I love things from the past, you know, mystical things. Um, I'm really jealous that I live down here. It's the only time I've ever not wanted to live in the States and I wanted to be a part of Canada. Um, wow, thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's actually That's huge. A- that's, that's an incredible compliment, yeah. It, um, yes, Yeah, so – got a great country. So, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, look, if, if, I, I love this stuff. If you get a chance, you've got to come see one of your shows. But I – even though I've never done it, I would recommend going to um, Diablo Manor. Uh, Scott McClelland, thanks for this bonus episode. And uh, please keep me up to date on any other things you acquire. I'd love to, to you know, inform the Abs- people
1: absolutely it's been a real pleasure thanks for having me thank you and well, thank you everyone for listening have a good night by the way sweet nightmares <laughs> <laughs>